right. Um, well, calling to order the uh, December 5th, 2022 meeting of the Iowa City Climate Action Commission. Uh, we will start, welcome everybody, and um, we will start with our um, roll call. Um, Michael Einan Lynch. I'm here. <laughs> welcome. Uh, John Frazier. Um, John is present on Zoom. Um, uh, Stratus Giannakouris is uh, not yet here, I'll note. Um, ben Grimm. Here. Thank you. Clarity Guerra. Here. Casey Hutchinson. Here. Matt Krieger. Here. Jesse Leckband. Here. Um, and I'll have, uh, Ben and Jesse are present on Zoom. Uh, Becky Soglin, present. Gabe Sturdivant. Present. Matt Walter. Here. Thank you. And would uh, staff members like to identify themselves? Sarah Gardner, Climate Action Coordinator. Daniel Bissell, Climate Action Analyst. Megan Hill, Climate Action Engagement Specialist. And uh, do we want to note audience members? I forgot what. Um, I will just note with, with us from uh, my colleague from the county <laughs> is Allison Wells. So, um, My apologies, John Fraser is present. Thanks, John. <laughs> you know, you're just too cold to talk. So. <laughs> I had to go put on some sunscreen, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> um, moving on, to, we have approval of the minutes from our meeting on November 7th, 2022. Were there any uh, corrections needed or comments? Um, seeing none, is there a motion to approve the minutes of November 7th, 2022? Motion to approve the minutes by Gara. Second by Krieger. So moved by Gara, second by Krieger. All in favor? Aye. 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 So the minutes uh, are approved. Uh, this is normally the time when we would have public comment of items not on the agenda um, as we uh, unless Allison, who's technically our only member of the public, has anything to say, would it be all right to skip our paragraph? Is that acceptable? About okay, and move on. So we will, uh, seeing as there's no one from the uh, public uh, who wish to speak, we will just simply move on to our next agenda item. And um, just before I do that, just a reminder to all of us commissioners that we should uh, say our last name before if we're speaking um, at length so the note taker has a better idea who has said what. So moving on now to announcements. Uh, we, uh, I'll have Sarah move on to action items from the last meeting. Uh, there were ac two action items from the last meeting. The first one was uh, for you all to send your EECBG votes for the straw poll if possible. Um, prior to the meeting. Many thanks to those of you who did. The second item was uh, we were intended to include the most recent update on the Climate Action Plan, and for that I owe you some apologies since we clearly forgot to do that. Um, but uh, if you won't hold it against me, I won't hold it against you, those of you who didn't vote. Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, we've got three upcoming events we wanted you to be aware of. The first one is included in the agenda, and that's our uh, public records and open meetings training. Um, this is offered every year for members of boards, commissions, and committees here on the city. Um, anyone who hasn't taken it recently or would like a refresher, um, as well as those who are going to be joining us uh, on the commission are welcome to take the training. Um, I've been told that the trainer this year has been asked to include a little bit about what's discoverable on cell phones. So if any of you have any nervousness or questions about what could be um, requested through a Freedom of Information Act um, on your cell phone, this would be a great time to get that answered. Uh, and of course, if you want the link again to sign up for that training, just email me and we'll get, you, get it to you. Um, this Friday, there is a open house at the neighborhood center, um, or the John neighborhood centers of Johnson County, their Pheasant Ridge location. We've been attending quite a few of their meetings recently um, as we think ahead to our resilience hub activities. And so we wanted to put this on here. We intend to have climate action staff at this event. And if any of you would like to attend, it's a great opportunity to see what goes on at those neighborhood centers and uh, become more familiar with their operations and their building. And plus, they're just really nice people. So good, good opportunity to meet neighbors here in the city. And then finally, um, prior to our next meeting, we will um, be sponsoring a First Friday event at the Senior Center of Iowa City. These are events where uh, different organizations, or in our case, a city division, um, can provide coffee and donuts. It's just a social hour with the uh, folks who use that facility, um, and it's a chance to talk a little about what we do, and here too, another opportunity to get to know neighbors in the city. So. If anyone would like to join us for that event, you are quite welcome to do so as well. And then the next item on the list is working group updates. Um, I don't believe we have an update for the Resilience Hub Prioritization Group. Our second meeting um, is going to happen later this week. Unless anyone on that group would like to talk just a little about the reading we've done, you're welcome to do so at this time. Otherwise, we will look forward to giving you an update in January. And then, um, does anyone have an update on their community-based organization outreach? Was anybody in touch with their organization in the last month? Okay. When we go to revise our working groups for next year, we'll be revisiting this particular strategy and determining if we want to continue with it or not. We've got some ideas about different approaches, but I do want to say a very heartfelt thanks to all of you for your many attempts to reach out to these different groups and the information you've brought back to the commission. It's been a valuable exercise, I think, for all of us. So thank you. And then, we wanted to set aside a little time in this meeting to recognize and thanks our and give thanks to our three outgoing members, Becky, Casey, and Clarity. We're so sad that you this is your last meeting with us, but also very thankful for the time and talent you've brought to these discussions. And we have um, a little something we wanted to give you from staff as a token of our thanks. And we also just wanted to open the floor if anybody else would like to say anything to our outgoing members. Thank you. That's very thoughtful. And I know you're, you're just trying to get me not to use that college vlog, but, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> which I didn't attend, by the way. So. <laughs> but um, thank you. Uh, for me, it's just been wonderful to see this commission grow. It had originally been created to create the plan and then kind of got uh, rejiggered, reformed a little bit in 2019. And 
you know, staff, I realize you're, you all weren't here at the beginning of the pandemic, but you all have carried on what the earlier staff did, which really was to pivot and work really hard to make things happen at a very difficult time. And we also obviously had very important issues of social justice and um, many, many things were going on to compete. Um, so I've, it's been a privilege to work with all of the commissioners too. I really appreciate everybody coming to these meetings again <laughs> in times that have not been easy. You know, we have a existential issue before us and um, I really appreciate everyone brought both their minds and their hearts to this. So, and obviously as a staffer, I will still be working with Sarah. You may yet see me at some point because of collaborations and I may for topics that uh, intersect with the county come and listen. So um, thank you for all of your hard work and thank you for the, the mug. I'll be sure to carry it like this when, I, <laughs> when I'm on Zoom. Well, I'll just say thank you, all, all three of you, for your service. This has been, it's been great having you on here and providing your um, hard work, but also your, your thoughts and, and uh, discussion. So I really appreciate it. I'll just say that um, I'm excited for what's ne next and also maintaining the relationships built on this board and looking towards future partnerships and ways that we can continue the work, even if maybe not in this exact role. Thank you. Uh, this is John Fraser. I'm kind of shocked because time flies by so fast. I can't believe we're leaving. We're losing three uh, members, and it feels to me like a real brain drain. And uh, I'm saddened in a way, and I'm heartened because of what you all three have accomplished, what you've donated in time and energy, and. Uh, I look forward to hearing about your future victories, but it's our loss, and I feel badly that you're leaving. We'll miss you. Thanks for the kind words, John. I, though I have every confidence in the people who are joining the commission are going to be excellent auditions. So, Casey, I think you wanted to say yeah, something. I was just going to say I've appreciated the opportunity to be on the commission. Um, I think the city is doing a lot of great stuff, and actually look forward to maybe future roles as just a resident of Iowa City. Thank you. And uh, lest anyone is tempted to jump ship so that you also can get treats, we have cookies for everyone <laughs> in the room. <laughs> All right, the next item on the agenda is our meeting schedule. In our ongoing efforts to really try to make it smoother sailing for the commission, one of the things we wanted to do was set the entire year's meeting schedule in advance, including meetings that would have to be moved due to holiday conflicts or conflicts with the city council meetings in this room. That way, everybody knows going into next year exactly when all the meetings are going to be. Um, you will have found that included in your agenda packet, the complete schedule, and then we noted on the agenda that all, all but three of the meetings will take place the first Monday of the month. The exceptions um, happen in January 9th, and that's because City Hall will be closed for New Year's Day uh, or the observance of New Year's Day. September 11th um, follows after we had to move because of Labor Day, and then November 13th and November we had a conflict with City Council. And those three dates will be the second Monday on the month. So hopefully this helps with your own scheduling for the future of the year. Um, and then just a reminder, per the bylaws, uh, in the January meeting, one of the first things we have to do is elect the new chair and vice chair for the year. We do this every year. Um, hopefully, those of you who have sat as chair and vice chair will be able to 
um, assure everyone in this room that it's not so difficult to serve in either of those roles. Um, if you serve as chair, it just means you get to talk a little more to me ahead of the meeting. Um, and if you're vice chair, you get to be there ready to serve if the chair is not available. If anybody has any questions or an interest in serving as chair, vice chair, I really do encourage you to reach out to us. We're happy to answer any questions ahead of that meeting. Um, and do any anyone who's served in those roles want to add anything to this? Um, I'll just say it, it comes with a cheat sheet. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll. Oh, go ahead, Matt. No, oh, I wasn't going to say anything. I'm just um, having served in that role. It, it's pretty straightforward. So, and I think staff have, like you said, made it much easier. I think now that we have our feet under us and we've got a few years of this, it, it's going pretty smoothly. So. Well, we'll look forward to uh, revisiting that discussion then in January. And that brings us to the climate action update from the Iowa City Community School District, which Ben Grimm was kind enough to send our way and asked to be included in the packet so that we can see the good work that's going on um, with the school district. And Ben, if you wanna uh, fire away on that, if, and those of you who have the packet in front of you, hopefully have the slides in front of you if there are any specific slides you want to ask about. Ben will start by giving us an overview and then we'll hop to a Q&A. So take it away, Ben. Yeah, so the presentation that was included in the packet was developed by design engineers. Uh, the district hires design engineers and uh, Dwight is the, I can't think of Dwight's last name, but he's the principal on this project. So he, um, overseas kind of uh, collecting all the data from energy companies and the school district and uh, changes in fuel usage and you know the whole nine yards and then kind of extrapolates out what our greenhouse gases look like over time um, and then we're able to actually take information from facilities master plan 1.0 where we installed geothermal in different buildings and um, converted over to electric from gas in different instances and then project out what the district is expecting out of facilities master plan 2.0 um, and so I, I actually don't have the presentation in front of me because my internet's down and I didn't print it off trying to be as environmentally correct as possible um, but you, you can actually look through the data and see a dip in 2020 where the pandemic hit and our greenhouse gases actually went down because the schools weren't up in operation. Um, you can also see where we're hitting our 2030 benchmark ahead of time. Uh, a lot of that is credit to the energy companies, um, um, and Americans switching over and, and whatnot. But we've also installed a lot of geothermal in FMP 1.0 and converted over to electric and different uh, appliances and that. And we're still converting over kitchens. So Southeast Elementary, we just got done renovating that kitchen and it's, I believe, 100% electric. Um, if City High, I think we, we started that process with their kitchen. I don't know if that's 100% electric, but I know that it was uh, in discussions during the point of converting that over. Uh, what may not be apparent in the slides is as you get out into that 2024, 25, 26, 27, we actually add four more elementary schools. So even after adding four more elementary schools, we're going to be under that 2030 um, that we're aiming for. Uh, the, the challenge that we're running into is, you know, Iowa City Schools is, is not just Iowa City, it's North Liberty, Corville, 
um, hills and University Heights. And so we actually pull energy from the three primary energy companies, Lynn County, REC, Alliant, and Mid-American Energy. Uh, what we're running into is uh, Lynn County REC doesn't have a long-term plan that they're at least sharing publicly of going with uh, renewable um, and the schools that are coming out here in the next four years. Uh, at least three of those, I believe, are all in Lynn County REC. So we're actually going to go up in greenhouse emissions in that area of things. So really, uh, the presentation that uh design engineers put together was for our board and really kind of to center the discussion around where we you know kind of a brief overview of where we were where we're at now where we think we're going and what those challenges are going to be um a couple of the other challenges that may not be obvious on there is fuel usage so that's right now our buses are all diesel fuel um we are looking at long term how do we get those converted over to electric buses and how do we uh, work with the busing company that we contract out um, and provides the buses for the district so that they're not actually district-owned buses. Um, we know that we got to talk to Mid-American Energy to make sure the grade could support all of our buses um, at the bus barn converting over to electricity and what that would do on the end. Um, and then even internal to facilities management, you know, most of the tractors and trucks we use are very large. Um, there isn't real viable options at this point for electric vehicles, but we've started the conversion of you know handheld tools over to uh, electric whenever we can, um, especially in the grounds department with your weed eaters, trimmers, and um, blowers, things of that nature. And then we are planning for the next batch of smaller mowers like um, zero turn type mowers to be uh, electric and so we've already kind of alerted the grounds crew it's coming they they can't stop it and um and whatnot but you can't really see that in the data that was presenting because we we're kind of looking at that big picture and really looking at you know what's going on in the buildings as far as energy efficiency so i'm happy to answer any questions i can um off of memory um if you get too much into the weeds, we kind of rely on our engineers to, that we've hired in to kind of know those details, but I could certainly try to answer any questions you might have. Thanks, Ben. And, and I just want to say thank you to the school district for all the work you're, um, that they are doing, you are doing for uh, the community and for the students. Um, this is great. I did have a quick question on, so those buildings that are located in the Lynn County REC territory, I noticed in the slide deck that there was um, some options that were presented as far as trying to overcome some of that, which was installing um, district-owned on-site renewable energy production and or purchasing renewable energy certificates, RECs. Um, what was kind of the the receive uh, like receipt of that from the school board and their thoughts or discussion on those points so we really didn't get into discussion so uh it was at a operations meeting where we basically presented the information and then we're supposed to come back in a month or two i think it's after christmas we come back together and discuss in detail um but in short we've looked at different possibilities of doing solar at the the individual schools um, and what would be the best payback? And, um, you know, what we're getting out of design engineers is it might be a combination of purchasing certificates and doing solar um, because it hits a point where it's, it's just not cost effective. And with it being a, a school district, you, you can't enter power purchase agreements in the same way that like a commercial or, or a residential or whatever does. And so um, we're kind of up against the wall with some of those things. The, the other challenge that we run into is 
um, well, a couple challenges. Our buildings weren't necessarily designed to have solar on top of the roof, so they're just looking at the roof space, not necessarily is it physically up yet. I don't, I don't think they've gotten into those details yet. Um, and versus the volume of power that we'd have to generate. And then what complicates it is for us to say, okay, well, let's just put in a, you know, a solar farm somewhere. It's got to be within the contiguous Iowa City property. So it's actually going to be attached to a school somewhere. So we can't just go buy a piece of property even outside the district or even outside um, or within the district, but not attached to one of our, our buildings or property and just put up a solar farm. And so those are kind of the details that we're hoping to get into after Christmas. Um, and basically, we're just trying to get the information out, uh, alert the board that, hey, we've made some some or met some really good benchmarks and likely the easiest of all the benchmarks to meet. Um, but there's some real challenges coming up, especially centered around how do we overcome that Lane County REC challenge. Um, ben, this is Becky. Um, thanks again. That was a great presentation, um, especially when not having your notes or anything in front of you. So, but yeah. um, kind of also on the point of the renewables. Do you know what the when the engineers were looking at that and um, you know, you know, the county has some PPAs and I know they can be challenging. Were they discussing that possibility before or after the um, the IRA came out with? You know, which is going to have provisions for schools to better take advantage of um, credits and discounts. The last conversations I was in, which I'm involved in most of them, it would have been before that, I believe. Okay. So it's it's kind of a lot of that discussion around the um, PPEs were pre-pandemic. So I'm assuming that that's before okay. what you're talking about. Because those are kind of game changers, and I was just. Um, I've been on some calls on that, and if you need some info, I'm happy to send you send you some excerpts. It's, some of it's extremely detailed about how you can leverage all the credits and multiply them and so forth, but it really looks to be, I think, like a game changer in that respect. Though, though still, I appreciate what you're saying yeah. about having, a, you know, being able to build enough and land use and all that kind of thing. So, but at least, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, please send whatever you have, and then uh, what I end up doing is send it over to um, the design firm, and they kind of go through it in more detail and look at the, you know, the kind of hardcore details in that. So. Okay. Thank you. I'll make sure I'm making a note. Ben, what did you do at Northwest Junior High School that? That dropped. I mean, you electrified it, but what did you? Do you know exactly what you did there to drop those emissions so much? Um, that was a huge talking point, and and I cannot remember all the details associated with that. Now I know we did put in some geothermal there. Um, I can't remember specifically. I, I'd have to give back to you. I could afford uh, that information to Sarah and have her push it out to, to everybody, though. But that was a neat example. It was actually a really neat example. So. Yeah, an 86% drop and then going to a, a net, I guess, net zero or 100% um, drop by 2025 is, is kind of remarkable for a whole junior high. And especially an old junior high at right. that, so. Right. The other, the other yeah. thing I noticed in there is that um, in, the, in the district, right, if you take an average lead platinum building nationwide, um, the district is, is like, what, you know, 15% below-ish. Um, 
a lead platinum building. How did how did the community school district achieve that? Is that because of uh, Mid American retiring recs, or what, what's going on there? Um, I think it's a combination of stuff. So Mid American was like a huge uh, benefit to us. There's there's absolutely no doubt about that. The geothermal is a huge benefit. I know they've gone through renovated, and depending on what school you're talking about. We've gotten rid of like old boilers and gone with um, uh, electric units and that. And so it, it really depends on the individual school. And um, what I was asking, so the hard part is, is trying to find a way to benchmark our progress. And unfortunately, what, what design engineers has found is uh, when they reach out to other school districts, we're essentially light years ahead of everybody else. Um, and so we don't have a good way to benchmark ourselves. And so that's why they brought in the, the lead building stuff to try to evaluate it. And beyond that, you would, we'd have to get you in touch with Dwight. He could tell you the more of the details on, um, how they put together all that information. So that, that's an exceptional story. Um, and the last thing is, uh, it looks like, you know, your, your projected emissions kind of level out and then tick up towards 2026 because of uh, you're assuming more building infrastructure coming online but then you mentioned with the with the credits uh, a, a pretty substantial drop is that that's assuming the IRA and the direct transfer payments for like ITC and stuff like that what, what's the renewable yeah. production you got me on that one I couldn't even tell you <laughs> Yeah, because like uh, the difference between credits or no credits is a substantial reduction, um, you know, during that time period. From from uh, John, John Fraser, I um, suspect geothermal has a lot to do with the percentage in reduction. What I don't know a lot about, and it's probably my inadequacy in doing research on geothermal, but I've made some bad assumptions that we aren't ideally geographically located to take advantage of a lot of geothermal opportunities, and maybe there are more there than uh, I'm aware of. But the question I have for future discussions, we always talk about payback period and, and solar and uh, do you have any any sense of what the cost of taking advantage of geothermal opportunities are relative to the initial costs and payback periods compared to uh, the payback periods we're seeing with uh, seeing with uh, solar cost and solar payback? No, not off the top of my head. I know I've seen that data floating around in, in different reports, but I don't. I wouldn't feel comfortable trying to say what that actually is. Now, I do know with geothermal, and, and Matt may know more about it, but um, initially a lot of our wells were going horizontal on the ground. And I know, um, I want to say there's like law changes or something changed to where they can go vertical. And so now that kind of opens up some of the, the doors to some of our rural landlocked schools. Um, Lincoln is the one that kind of comes to mind where we don't have geothermal because of limited space. Um, man's another one with limited space, but I don't even, I think they determined that even vertical, they couldn't do those there. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know that I have the information well enough in my head to, to really tell you that, but I could certainly go back and, um, uh, find out from some of our other reports and stuff. So. And one thing to keep in mind, um, John, is that it's not, it's not geothermal power. 
it's geothermal ground source heat pump systems. And so it, it just uses the earth as a sink to help um, modulate the temperature that you have to then heat or cool. So it, it's a, just a much more energy efficient system and it's electric uh, power based rather than um, natural gas or other thermal energy. Uh, thank you, Matt. There's no other questions. Um, ben, thank you so much for the presentation and answering all the questions. Um, I'll just make one note myself oh, sorry, sorry. Um, that Ben and I had discussed when he sent the slides over that I thought is noteworthy for this group. Earlier this year, we were talking about science-based targets and how if we want to maintain our A rating with CDP, that's something we'll have to consider in the coming year. Um, I found it very interesting looking at the slide that listed projected emissions with a 50% reduction for LC buildings, that that essentially aligned with the target that we'd be looking at for science-based targets. It's a 65% reduction from 2018. And correct me if I'm wrong, Danny, but when we talked to the science-based target folks, they were estimating like a 66% reduction from 2018 would be what we would need to aim for. Yeah, that sounds right. So um, Ben told me that it's just coincidental that it lined up that way, that it's not something the school district is looking at, but I found it very interesting as charting a potential pathway toward that goal, if that's something we want to pursue. Thank you, um, Thanks, Sarah. So um, we're moving on now to item six, which is our unfinished and ongoing business of the Energy Efficiency and Conservation Black Grant Funding Priorities. Uh, Sarah referenced that we had this chance to weigh in on our top three. And um, I think we have a handout here. I guess were John, Ben, and Jesse somehow able to see that, or are we? No, my apologies. Uh, we um, discovered we ran into difficulties sharing the screen okay. for it. but. Um, for those of you who are in the room, and John and Ben and Jesse will do our best to help you follow along from the packet. Um, the straw poll as of noon today, um, I'm actually going to start on the back side of the page. There were four items that received no votes. Um, the first one relates to developing or implementing building codes. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that probably no one voted for that because we know that that ability has been somewhat preempted or complicated by the state for us. Um, and then we have implement activities that increase energy efficiency and recycling and purchase and implement methane capture technologies. My uh, guess is because we had the methane feasibility study, that's also one that we um, felt like setting aside. And probably you did the same math that we did, which was look at the amount of money the methane study said we would need to do that and the amount of money we're getting from this grant and felt that it would just be a drop in the bucket. Um, so if everyone is content with leaving those on the no votes page, then we can look at the front, um, which has the top three items. And you'll notice from the graph on the back that the voting was very close. So I think it's reasonable if you want to swap any of these around. I think arguments could be made. Um, but the three items receiving top votes were um, the item related to implementing loan or performance contracting programs to purchase or install energy efficiency technologies, renewable energy, or zero emission transportation measures, to install renewable energy systems on government facilities, and to establish financial incentives for energy efficiency improvements. And then the items that received um, a, 
not quite top votes, but still received uh, one or two votes themselves included developing or implementing an energy efficiency strategy, hiring a consultant to help with an energy plan or related metrics, reports, and implementation strategies, conducting residential or commercial building energy audits, providing grants to nonprofits or governmental agencies for energy efficiency retrofits, developing energy efficiency programs for buildings within the city, including public education and targeted technologies, developing and implementing uh, transportation programs that reduce energy consumption, implement distributed energy technologies such as energy generation and storage, district heating and cooling systems, um, and then finally upgrade traffic signals and street lighting with LEDs. Um, and some of these, I'm sure you also have the same thought that represent things that we're already doing to some level, like many of our street lights, for example, already have LED bulbs, if not all of them. I think I, we would need to double check on that. But um, so in some ways, I just want to say thanks for all your votes, both in helping us think through the priorities, but also some of these just felt like a, a vote of confidence to keep doing what we're doing. Um, but also, uh, if that's not the intent, then we want to hear about it if we feel like there's more money that needs to be going in some areas in order to um, see bigger returns on those efforts. That's certainly a discussion we want to have and one that's relevant even beyond the specific EECBG monies. So that being said, um, we are here today to listen to the discussion and not put our thumb on the scales in any way and we'll let you take it from here while we take notes furiously. I guess for me, what I guess since we did have some come into the top three, kind of clearly, is anybody who put, put those as the top three? I'd be curious. Like, I'd really like to hear everybody's um, thoughts. And if something you voted for was elsewhere, and you want to advocate, um, to please speak to that. I just want to confirm. I believe with Sarah's uh, comment about the LED lights, I believe that. That is the case that all the all the street lights are are replaced now. I, th I think we'd have to double check on traffic signals still. Yeah, but thanks for that, Jesse. Yeah. I guess uh, for the I, I was glad to see these lined up with my top three. Uh, the, the first one, implementing loan or performance contracting programs, I, I really like the idea of kind of branching off for a discussion last month uh, of, you know, this isn't a really big amount of money, so finding a way to, uh, you know, bring in some more money, funds, and uh, grow it and put that money towards things that we know work, like uh, giving people loans or credits towards um, attic insulation, uh, things that we really know uh, moved the needle a lot. I agree. I voted for number 14 for the financing programs. And I think this one interests me because um, of the ability to try to use that as seed money to grow or contribute to a much larger program, um, which is often a root barrier uh, or, or issue for people um, to uh, to engage, um, which is uh, the financing side of it. And so, again, I think this one, how I interpreted it was that it, the money would be going towards a financing program, not specifically necessarily to the incentive programs themselves, but as a way to leverage those funds for additional uh, monies. 
Uh, this is John Fraser. I, I totally agree with uh, both the last two speakers. I voted for the top three pretty much uh, because I saw not only the value in doing what they were suggesting, but the marketing programs around them and the growing of a network of people that would be extra arms and legs and uh, spokespersons for, for future projects. So I like the term leverage. I, I like being able to leverage these to turn them into other programs or bigger programs uh, with the same themes. Thank you. Something I like about all three is they definitely would have equity built in and also could be uh, further advanced with other, uh, you know, attention to equity. I guess my question with the renewable energies, I know since that's something the city's already been discussing, like how does staff seeing that, like do you, do you feel like there's sort of money already set aside for this or would it be beneficial to do more? Um, that for me was like, even though I, I, was, I was someone supportive of this, but it's like, is there a reason to maybe not have this as high up? Uh, just kind of throwing that out there. Um, I, I, certainly the money would be helpful. I, one of the things we're seeing um, for all our planned capital improvement projects is pretty dramatic increases related to uh, supply chain issues. And at the same time, um, we are going to be entering a period of time where the city budget is going to be uh, constricted for a variety of reasons. The state is phasing out the backfill provision it had put in um, when it reduced property taxes in the state. Um, and also, we've had a reclassification of uh, rental properties that'll be now taxed at a residential rate versus a commercial property rate, which will bring in um, about half as much tax revenue, roughly. Um, and so one of the things that we've been seeing with the budget process this year is a number of projects that were already in the pipeline in the five-year plan getting pushed back um, to accommodate those. Uh, budget realities. So one thing that having this money for something like, say, a solar project on the public works pro um, project would do is hopefully enable us not to have that project pushed back now that we finally got a winning bid on it, but um, help keep those at sort of the top of the priorities of things we're doing. So does that answer the question, I hope? Yeah, okay. definitely. Um, also, I'm just curious, you know, if anyone had something that fell into the middle here, if you'd like to speak to it. Um. I mean, I guess I'll say one of the ones that didn't quite get uh, enough votes on the, to get in the top three was more on the transportation side. And I think for me, it was just seeing like where um, our emissions are at overall um, and what categories and just knowing that those are still kind of high or have been increasing. Um, so would there be a way to help that money to help work towards those, but I, I totally understand also that that probably requires a greater investment than what than what these dollars are, are um, able to provide. So in my mind, I think it's, I mean, I'm, it's not one where I'm gonna, I would push harder. It was just something that I voted for. I had it, I kept moving it up and down. <laughs> and I think partly I had the, this is Becky, by the way, so same conclusion that it, it requires a level of funding that this particular grant maybe isn't gonna allow us to yeah. do enough. Uh, so. Or questions or comments because um, and just a reminder that we we do not need to have an official memo the discussion here 
um, we can kind of I think do an informal or formal <laughs> vote since we have quorum, but um, to, to put forward what the top three are, and then that serves as the, the recommendation. But we're, we can certainly have more discussion. Don't want to cut anybody's thoughts off here. I'm kind of curious about the um, both John Fraser and uh, Matt mentioned kind of like creating programs that could help fund other programs or just kind of like using it as seed money or leveraging the funds to create more grants. Um, is it possible to use this time to talk a little more about what that could look like? Because I'm curious about it. Um, and I think any specificity we can offer the city council would probably be helpful. I don't know. I would say that I don't know of how specifically to make that operate. I think it takes a little bit of research into how others have done that. I've heard of stories of um, communities partnering with their local financing uh, entities, uh, banks, um, others, um, institutional or not, nonprofits as well, um, to create programs. And so both like both feed money into that program um, that then acts as a, as a loan or, or grant program for some of their other uh, incentive opportunities. So I know they exist. I don't know what all of them are specifically. <laughs> and John Fraser, I'm not going to be able to specifically answer the question, but I see those top three. If you were doing a strategic plan, I see three of those as being those three as being strategies to reach objectives. And the next step to uh, implement the strategy, you've got to answer the question, how do we implement and that calls for tactics. And that's exactly what Matt just said and others have said. Uh, I think we could brainstorm all sorts of tactics that would include partnerships and marketing discussions and communications programs to ultimately uh, attain or, or follow through on that strategy. But it's the tactics that uh, are going to put arms and legs on this and provide opportunities for future funding and future programs or larger programs. So that it's it's not a no brainer. I think it I think we start with those three strategies and then we sit down and put our heads together and say, now, how do we do this and how do we get the most leverage from the community uh, as we implement this strategy? So uh, again, I'm not helping. I'm not telling you any uh, specific answers, but it, it's uh, it's the tactics development that's the answer to those to those questions. And I would just add, and I'm not trying to put Danny on the spot in any way, but some of the research he has done, you know, to come up with you know ideas. It's like that kind of research and looking at trends and also the, you know, what other places are doing. The IRA is going to be offering funding for certain things, you know, like. Um, the air source heat pumps of, and water heaters. So there could be lots of tie-ins so that it, um, you know, you're meeting a lot of different needs, whether, you know, some equity and residential needs and building it in. And the thing I like about the top one there is, you know, with performance contracting, that's something that really guarantees results. Um, and that's, a, that's a positive, a real positive. So, but yeah, I think it is, a, it's, it is kind of a, it's like big up here, but um, I would have every confidence that with, with what's already in the climate action plan and um, you know what's coming out of the IRA additional funding is going to really offer some good guidance on it. And looking at you know at our own equity co-benefit sheet, running things through that, 
I guess that was one of my questions is I don't really understand what performance contracting programs are and I cu was curious if the like partnership with MREA to do the group buy for solar was an example of that or that isn't really perform I it because I think I don't I am not that well versed in but in my mind it's like you are guaranteed so if you're going in and you're doing some kind of retrofit or a new a new new build that you're going to guarantee certain Oh, gotcha. results that okay. your costs I mean sometimes it's somewhat cost related with something built in that if you have some crazy and you know cost rises but that you're going to meet these targets for energy efficiency or for greenhouse gas reductions or finance or you know or all three in some way and if it if there's failure on that there's some kind of usually I think it's monetary uh, compensation um, and ideally you're going to then try to like fix what's not going right mm -hmm. um, maybe get new equipment in but um, it's been around for quite some time I don't know if anyone here if you've seen that in I, I personally I, like I have not, I my a company I, the company I work for has not had a performance-based contract but I do know that they exist um, I've heard rep, um, examples of them like out in Washington State uh, the federal government I think is also looking at it um, GSA is looking at it if they aren't already I'd say closer to home, a good example would be the kind of uh, commercial energy efficiency programs offered through MidAmerican, where um, you get a, a designed system to achieve certain energy efficiency targets, and then you have to turn over or they keep a close track of your data for a year, and if you meet the target, then you get the rebate from MidAm. And sometimes these go even further than that because the first, you know, I mean, that's been a, an important thing to have this first year check. But a lot of buildings, the first year of use is sometimes not quite what it's then going to be. You know, you're still figuring things out. It might not be at capacity and that kind of thing. So with, with these commercial co performance contracting, it usually is a longer, longer period. Thank you. Yeah, I think one of the challenges is that... Um, if you at all can find a way to capitalize the project yourself, um, then you're creating more savings, right? They might change your delta on energy cost. They might say, you can't afford to do this. So the reason we'll make you attractive to you is because we can, we can get it done, but we're not gonna give you all the savings, basically. So the goal would be to determine where, as a city, you could bond, I don't, not bond, but whatever you can do to possibly do that yourself because there's such a gain in, that they're eating up because of your lack of access to capital to get the project done. Assuming there are there is an ROI or efficiency gains a lot of times, that company they're they're making a lot of money and it's just saying that Iowa City would say here's all the things we can do we're maxing out or we're willing to pay in terms of capital expenditure. Now we'll look at performance contracting to see we're sure we're not going to be able to pay for it or capitalize it anyway. So we're going to let someone else basically drink our milkshake. I mean, like you're 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 getting something, but you're really leaving a lot on the table with a performance contract. If it's, it shouldn't be just a simple casual agreement. It should be something that you look at really hard, all the creative financial ways you can get something done before you go to that. And, and I believe it is. I mean, that's a good point about what sort of the risk or the challenges. But there there are I think opportunities potentially where you could do what they call SROI, which is like the social ROI, or which brings in the fact that you're trying for these environmental and other other attributes but it is complicated but I think by suggesting it, it doesn't obligate the city um, but yeah it's a really good question because it's it's not something you know we as individuals really deal with day to day and I don't want to malign or say that this is some sort of a bad 
you know, like a, a payday loan kind of thing. It's not. It's just that you're, you're, you're giving someone else the benefit of the project because you can't capitalize it as arguably. So it, it can be mutually beneficial in certain circumstances, but it should be looked at um, as to how can the city retain some of the more of the benefits financially. This is Sturdivant. Um, based on the presentation Ben gave earlier, I don't think we, I can see why we wouldn't need to do it, but for the develop energy efficiency programs for buildings within the city, including public education and targeted technologies, was targeted technologies defined as to what <laughs> that is? No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, my assumption is that we, we would want to target the technologies that are being called out specifically by the IRA so that you know residents and businesses and organizations are aware of those technologies and taking advantage of the incentives included in that bill. Yeah, I think one of the, the things that intrigued me on that, I, I think it was that line item, was the potential opportunity for measurement and verification or a benchmarking system, um, which I know there's also other challenges with that potential program, but um, I think that one fell under that that uh, line item. So, um, so I just have a sort of process question here. So, would we have the option, like we could send our top three over? Would we? Would it be useful? Or you think just a distraction to show what was in the middle, or just just show the top three? Um, what we could do is just include this. I could revise it so that it's no longer um, listed as a straw poll and uh, just amend it into the agenda packet so that the city council would see what the top three choices are and what the middle choices are. And if we want to make any changes to that, um, if we want to move one of the middle priorities up to a top priority and a top priority down, we can do that now. And then, then we'll send it off and it'll be good. And you can have cookies. Um, <laughs> so we, do you, so should we do this, is, is a, everyone, I guess it's more, we can do a vote, formal vote, but if there's comfort with what's listed as the top three to remain the top three and basically do just what Sarah proposed, show, that, show this list, I mean would it, and then the, the last four, would those be shown as low to no priority, I mean I don't want to say no priority, but. Um, we would just, just say, say that they got, see. you know, no votes. So would there, there uh, I think you could do it um, sim with a simple motion to move to retain the top three, or to retain the list of priorities as written, okay. and someone could second it, and then you could okay. all vote. What, when this is sent to them, is it just going to be, I know we're not doing like a memo, but is it kind of going to look like <laughs> a memo? Because I'm wondering if we should say some of these we're already doing kind of give you know, our props to, hey, we're, we're doing some of this stuff, so it might not be needed oh that's so sweet of you <laughs> um i i think it's fine as is i mean i think any uh, priorities that end up getting pursued are going to be pursued um in conversation with staff so i think there'll be some general understanding we just want a basic list basically okay. but thank you a question john fraser I, I, it was important to us today to rationalize the priority list you know, why did the bottom four end up on the bottom and why did the top three end up in the top? If we just send them a priority list without some rationalization, will that confuse them? Uh, will it confuse them if we do show the rationalization? And then 
to me, the most important part that we need to communicate is it's the implementation of these top three. Whatever the top three that we choose, it's the implementation that's really key to success. And I don't know if we need to discuss implementation tactics at all or just keep it simple. I, I think at this point, implementation would be a little premature just because these are so high level. But I mean, I appreciate that that's you know, important to think about, but if that's okay, I think we need to kind of keep this, you know, to the, um, you know, to the level we were kind of asked to address it. And then in terms of, pardon me, providing any more explanation, I mean, I feel like staff, if they're before, you, you would be present, right, when these are discussed and, because, I mean, otherwise, John, what you're getting at is us writing a memo, which I think we were trying to avoid, not because we don't, think it's important to know, you know, to have had some rationale behind this, but I think given the amount of money this is and the context, I think it would be sufficient and that maybe, and Sarah, you can, since I'm about to step off the board and I don't know when this meeting will be in January when you go to council. Well, it'll just be included in, in the minutes. And all of and the then, discussion that we've had today will well, also be included in the minutes. So which, those, oh, so sorry. Which yeah. city council reads. So they will be able to see what's in it and staff will be able to see. And it's worth so, keeping in mind that we are talking in this case about one specific pool of funds and we're just making recommendations on priorities. But having had this discussion is still useful because it can guide other activities that may not draw on the same funds, but you know, that we may be interested in pursuing. And I think given the dollar amount, if there were another zero and certainly two more zeros after <laughs> this number, then I would like stay up all night and write the memo and have it ready tomorrow morning. But um, <laughs> I think we're okay with the minutes. Is that John remind, you know, now that we're reminded that like the minutes will contain the, the highlights of this discussion. And is that sound like a good middle ground? Uh, John Fraser again. Absolutely. I hadn't considered that they would have the minutes to correlate with this. So that, that's just fine. I'm happy with that. Great. So, um, so is there a motion to retain this um, EC? I'm going to get the acronym. Not, I'm not going to look at it. Is there a motion to retain the e EECBG uh, priority list um, for to be forwarded on to the council? And you just have to say, like, yes. You don't have to repeat everything I said. Uh, uh, Krieger, yes. I would have the motion to main re to retain the top three priorities. And is there a second? Second. So, sure, I second. Oh, well, it was moved by Krieger, second by Studevent. Um, all in favor? Aye. 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 Uh, opposed? Aye. Opposed? Aye. And so hearing none, the, the motion passes. Uh, thank you, everyone. That was a really good discussion about um, something that was, you know, we what, 14 choices, so um, good job picking just a few. Um, so our next item is just to confirm a recap, um, uh, confirm our next meeting time, Monday, January 9th, 2023, from 3.30 to 5 in this location. And Sarah, uh, actionable items for the commission, working groups, and staff. Um, I have two noted. One, Becky, you're going to send that IRA resource to Ben. Yes. Um, and then, Ben, you're going to provide information on Northwest Junior High's electrification efforts for the next meeting. Yeah, and I also need uh, Stratus to write down his question because there's no way I remember any of it so I can send it to the engineer. 
<laughs> How about Stratus sends the, uh, well, Stratus, you want to send it to me and I'll send it on to Ben or you want to email Ben directly? And don't worry about it, Ben. I was just trying to, to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did a good job. Yeah, you were totally unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> Should I take that off the actionable items then? Um, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's, oh. don't, don't harass Ben anymore. Oh. So, um, on that note of making life easier for everybody, um, <laughs> it's uh, we can uh, adjourn early, but stay for cookies. Um, <laughs> just don't talk about everything we just talked about since we'll be officially out of session. Um, so is there a motion to adjourn? Do we need to write a memo saying that we're going to eat cookies? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it should be strongly worded. Yeah, I and do okay. I have special powers where I can just say no? no. Motion no, to adjourn by Gara. A <laughs> so. uh, second. And so moved by Gara, second by Krieger. All in favor? Aye. 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 So we are adjourned. Aye.